0: Hey, I'm Tommy Chong, welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from persysgrowing.com. So before we move on to this week's grow guides, I just want to make sure everybody knows that we have some competitions coming up over the next few weeks over on the live stream. So make sure you come and join us on the live stream this week, everybody, on Sunday, and there'll be a chance to win a $75 voucher and a $50 voucher. That's two prizes given away every week for the next four weeks, where you can go and spend $75 or $50 over at phenoseeds.com. All you have to do is be involved in the chat and you'll be added to the wheel of names. We'll spin it and it will pick the winners for us. We're going to do that for four weeks. So make sure, yeah, if you're free, you come and join us over on the live stream which will be at youtube.com slash high on homegrown so if you can make it it would be great to see you over there on sunday that's 9 p.m gmt uh it's 4 p.m eastern 1 p.m pacific and i think but i'm not too sure but it's eight o'clock in the morning if you're in australia for now here is this week's grow guides which is all about getting good yields from your grow so thanks for downloading i'll speak to you at the end of this see you in a bit so episode 42 of grow guides four forty two point oh four twenty. 42.0420 anyway yeah so we're going to be talking about how to be getting bigger yields from your grow you know how to make it more efficient essentially you know more buds from the same grow and you have to grow less throughout the year if you wanted to or you can just have more weed and more weed is always good because you can make your hash you can make some rosin you can you can do all sorts of shit with it. Then you don't just have to use the flour. Wow. You got spare buds to do fancy shit with, like Boba <laughs> Hawk does.
1: Oh, it's not just me. <laughs> no, us <laughs> do <Resident laughs> other things besides
2: just smoke it. You know, we 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 cook with it, we make mm-hmm. hash with it, and some some mm-hmm. people make rosin with it, and all kind of fancy things. Yeah, yeah, I'm so.
0: fucking my lighter. Well, That's I right,
2: can't
1: so- spend six hundred dollars on a fucking piece of smoking equipment and then not use it oh for I mean, sure
0: that would be sacrilege bro correct you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah, So there's always more you can do with it so it's always good to have it's better to have too much than not enough you know yeah so store yeah. that shit up make some extra hash of it if you want to and then if you have plenty then you can even take a, a few weeks off growing or you know god holiday or something what? <laughs> oh, you made me laugh and blow my lighter out, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Can't light it. Yeah, crazy talk. Uh, Sticky. <laughs> no, it's, my gloves are slippery. But, you know, be, before we begin and, and say, you, know, you uh, explain how you can get bigger yields. Yield isn't everything most of the time. When you want a good, high-quality weed. That's the most important thing. So aim for quality and yield comes secondary to that. As long as you're growing enough, of course, you always want to be growing enough. You don't want to run out. But what, what should we start with here, with the best way to get a big yield? I mean, there's always growing more plants, but if you're growing more plants, you need more space. So it's not so much of a problem if you're growing outdoors, but mainly when you're growing indoors, there is only a certain amount of plants you can grow with the space that you have. You can't pack them in too much.
2: So I guess what we're looking at, then
0: is maximizing the yield per space used. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which I would say, uh, I mean, there's two different ways to do it. Really, I'd like to go with the old four by four uh, grow tent and put four plants in it, and then you'll get a decent yield out of that. But you can put like 16 small plants in it for the sea of green, and you'll get a decent amount then. But that's a uh, two different methods you can d- use to get more weed. But I mean, if we just focus on the four by four method right now, the four plants in a four by four then that would work because scrugging is one of the uh, things that I'd first recommend because you want to make the most out of the space you've got. You want to make the most out of the canopy, canopy space. So yeah. to fill that out properly by scrugging your your plants, that's going to be the the best way. That's the best way I've got. That's the way I use to get the best yields. The best yields I've had have all been scrugged grows.
1: Yeah.
3: I would say your point about canopy space is the key. Mm -hmm. However you Mm -hmm. do it, whether, like you said, 16 plants across the the space in each square foot, four plants in each four square foot, as long as you can have every square inch ascend, like hypothetically, it's never that good, but every every possible square inch of your canopy uh, should be even and covered. you don't want to have any holes in it you don't want to have any wasted space mm-hmm. um, and scrogging is a great way to do that because you have your net and you weave it and you can kind of take it wherever you need i personally i do more plants i did eight in my 4 by 4 this last grow that's what i'm actually trimming the last of here mm-hmm. and i'm doing the math here and i'm I'm gonna be around 800 grams i think dry out of nice that. nice and out of a 500 nice. Yeah, yeah. So it's around 1.5 grams per watt uh, because of the, the 530 watt Spider Farmer light that's in there, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty respectable, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it's because I was able to have every fucking square inch, basically, that I could of effective area covered
2: and growing buds. So.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so,
2: a commercial grower back in the day when I first went through one of my first commercial grows explained it very simply. So he said, if you have any light that's reaching the floor, you're just wasting money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, your canopy needs to capture every bit of light. Nothing should be hitting the floor when you're in late flower.
0: Yep, scrugging is the best way to make the most out of your, your canopy space. But not everybody can do that. So, the next thing we would recommend after that is uh, topping, you know, topping the plant, making sure that it's growing uh, mm-hmm. and with some training, some low stress training as well, topping and training. So, you, you're growing the plant horizontally as much as possible rather than vertically. That's what I do, mm-hmm. topping it. I've the heck out of mine multiple times. Yeah. It has to be done, man. because when you top, you plant the first time round as well. It's not just about removing the top and it grows sideways instead, but it sends a certain hormone around the plant to let you know that it's lost the main top and it needs to produce more tops around the edges. So instead of growing one main cola in the middle, it'll grow more bigger buds around the edges. They won't end up to be as big as the main cola. Unless you train it for a while longer, but it,
1: I like my crayons though. But do you not top yours?
0: <laughs> but nah. See, no, I, I've I I've it. only ever done one one auto flower grow where I didn't top it, and it was terrible, man. Just, <laughs> well, I mean,
2: Bubblebox uh, grow technique is completely different to most everybody else's here, but you can't argue with his results at all. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there's more than one way to get that massive yield
1: out of it. Mm-hmm. There is it's and i you know i employ a lot of lst it is mainly lst i've t- i look i've accidentally topped in the past but i don't do it on purpose and the last time it happened i actually got a better yield off the untop plant than i did off the top plant so well, you don't top it, it off.
3: you just bend and shit
1: i just bend man yeah
3: hmm. nice <laughs> you, like, you, you get into the severe shit like super cropping or shit too
1: uh i have in the past but i i tend not to now um i just majoritively just bend them down pull yeah. them over stretch yeah. them out and let the lower sites come up and then right. as they keep coming up i just keep bending keep bending yeah. keep bending that's uh, that's all i do too much lower level than yours obviously but it works great right
3: hmm. i mean nothing wrong with with that and it's easy too
2: I think everybody's doing basically the same thing, and that is trying to get more bud sites exposed and growing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay. whether you're bending or you're topping, you're still doing the same thing. However you're trying
0: you to get it. more bud sites in the light. That's it. However you do it, get used to how you do it and become more experienced at it, and you'll get more buds out of your grow. So that, I don't that's struggle. an important factor right there is just experience.
3: Yeah. Um, I don't like, for me, I don't want to scrog because I don't, I like to be able to get in my tent and move shit around, kind mm-hmm. of like me to. Some of my plants finish earlier than others. So I need to take them down Mm -hmm. I usually a different amount of, and I like variety. And so Mackie and his four plants, Scrog, it's perfect because everything finishes the same. You can focus, everything grows the same, especially because you're Mm -hmm. using generally either very similar seeds or clones Mm -hmm. and everything is like just streamlined. So, but you know, uh, both of us still maximize our canopy space and, uh, and we we both result in in shitloads of weed out of pretty small space, relatively speaking.
0: Mm-hmm. That's it, so, man. Just maximize yeah. the space that you have. That, like Monkey said, if there's any light, light hitting the floor, then you're wasting money. There should be leaf at least to catch that light.
2: Yeah. Now that's going to be an exception if you're running early veg and your plants are tiny. But yeah, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking late, mid to late flower. By then, your plant should be big enough to catch everything. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: Genetics are important too, you know. Yeah. If you're running a fucking critical versus I don't know, an OG or something, probably your critical is gonna have these big, huge horse dick where OG's like <laughs> buds where OG is kind of like bud and sparse mm-hmm. along the nodes with so genetics can make a big difference, but you know, quantity doesn't equal quality, as we well know. And if you get a real potent just annihilator strain that maybe produces 70% as much as as a another one, but is just awesome in every way. I mean, you could smoke less of it then, right? And and uh, so that's to consider too. But yeah, if you're just after pure yield, then then do your research and find some good big genetics that are that mm-hmm. are bred.
2: Yeah. And once you got everything topped and trained, you know, when you started to get into flour. I think the lollipop is is actually a big part of getting a proper yield out of it Mm. because if you're wasting Mm. energy on those low energy bud sites at the bottom, in the end, you really end up with more trim and not as much bud. Yeah, Mm. so proper lollipop. And and that's something that new growers need to have a little courage and and get up there and give it a shot because Mm. it takes a little while to develop your, get, get your exact type of lollipop down to where you're comfortable with it. But once you get there, You'll get a higher yield of higher quality, and that's what you're really, really after: higher yield of higher quality buds.
0: So I take them off the bottom. You, you don't really lose them; it's just they grow on the top instead. Yeah, you know, like, and they're stickier that's how like and,
2: and nicer, and you know, more of it on the top.
0: Mm-hmm. See how larfy and shitty this little one looks?
3: I know you won't be able to hear this in the audio version, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, these—you know—it's not like all of this weight would go into the very top, but. You know, maybe a portion of it, it wouldn't have to focus anything on here. Mm-hmm, it could mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. extra it had into the top. So,
0: yeah, good point. Hey, man. What about you? What do you say, Marge? You got any tips here on how you can increase yield?
4: Yeah. Well, as a current micro grower, Probably choosing your strain is the best, probably one of the best things to look for. Cause I know that I have a small, I actually have one at the moment because I lost a couple of plants recently, but um, I've been looking at TGs that he's been growing and I have a little bit of weed envy with his micro grow and I would love to get some of the yields that he has but I think he green with envy
0: you might say (laughs) I am green with envy but
4: I think he posted a bunch of pictures of his micro grow and you can correct me if I'm wrong TG but you had the purple god bud which seemed to be quite a bit smaller than some of the other varieties that you were growing yeah and that's what I happen to have going right now so that particular cultivar is not going to yield as much as some of the other ones you might choose so that does make a big difference Mm -hmm. sometimes
3: i like it because it stays very short but yeah you're you're right it's not gonna like i have some crosses i made of charlotte's angel dutch passion charlotte's angel cbd and my crystalline entity in my my micro tent that i got to bring down in the next week and those things like they're at least four three to four times longer and thicker than my purple god bud so
4: oh yeah they're gorgeous massive but uh, that's where i was green with envy yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, choosing the strain makes it can make a huge difference in the end.
0: Yeah, and then the the uh the grow medium as well. And if you're gonna go for uh, if you want to chase a really big yield, then doing some big DWC with loads of air stones and loads of root space, a deep water culture grow, and that's a great way to get yield quickly. Bigger roots, bigger fruits, right? Mm-hmm. that's an important point there as well root space man make sure your plants got plenty of root space and it'll grow big flowers more roots more shoots more fruits
1: Mm. well also i want to throw in making sure your environment is as close to perfect as you can get Mm -hmm. because that matters you know if you've got it too hot the buds are going to be more laughy you know you're going to get different expressions coming through from heat if it's too cold they won't get as big they stunt a little bit you know there's a whole whole host of things that can go sideways from having things out by even just a few degrees. So if you can try and keep it as even across the board as possible and keep it in that happy Goldilocks zone, that will go a long way to ensuring that those buds actually have the, um, the right amount of time to get up and get nice and fat for you as well.
0: And that's a point with the Laffy bit there as well. You need to cut down the amount of nitrogen the plant is getting in the flowering stage. And um, so then it won't grow. So Laffy, it, it grows more dense if you reduce the amount of nitrogen plant gets so make sure you do that mm. when it comes to the flowering stage and because feeding is important as well making sure the plant's getting the right food at the right stage of growth yeah it, on that my...
1: point oh, on, on that point of no sorry i was just gonna say on the point of nitrogen too is one don't forget that there are additives things if you're using things like Calmag, a lot of the time that Calmag comes from nitrates so that's mm-hmm. going to raise some of your nitrogen as well so you just got to be weary that as you're increasing you're keeping in mind that if you're adding those extra little bits that they will add extra nitrogen too. So you're got to be careful with adding that because that will contribute to the laugh. If you're not careful.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, man.
3: Um, Sorry, TJ. I just wanted to echo bubbles point about, you know, new environment and, and nutrients and stuff too. Just keeping your plant a healthy plant, mm-hmm. providing it, with all of what it needs when it needs it don't stress it out you know it's it, that'll be that'll provide the best environment to produce the biggest buds that it can genetically yeah you know, when it doesn't it have
0: to stress about things when it doesn't have to fight exactly. to stay alive then it can but, fight to yeah. thrive you know it can thrive instead mm-hmm. of just surviving because it has got that, all the food it needs It's in a beautiful environment It's in yeah. a nice size pot with the right amount yeah. of moisture in the soil or the, the medium which honestly I mean, man
3: that's why i think my super soil works as well as it does um for as, as you know little analysis and research as i have really done to it um just because i i found the, a really good ratio that provides the plant with everything it needs for its entire life and it takes it when it needs it and it's it's just like chilling you know mm-hmm. and i get good yields and uh I don't know people ask me all the time like how can i increase my yield in organic soils and stuff and i'm just like use a good fucking soil you know mm-hmm. super soil use one that doesn't run out of shit halfway through
0: it or you have to supplement with this or that and one that's like that. not too dense as well you know making sure that there's plenty of air getting to the roots yeah, and all those things for sure yeah, there's so many things that need to be taken into consideration just grow and a yeah, healthy yeah. plant you know yeah <laughs> make sure the plant's happy from start to finish that and like that comes with the experience the more experienced you are, the better yield you're going to be getting out your grow. It just goes yeah. to that. Yeah.
1: So I suppose nail down the basics, and the rest will follow.
3: Mm-hmm. Bingo, mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. I don't think there's any magic, like you know, make your dick bigger pill for. No, no, there's no like, no maybe. magic <laughs> bottle you can pour on your plant, even though the uh,
2: nutrient companies make you think there is. Yeah, yeah. Don't buy that from the nutrient companies. You don't
0: need that. Grow
2: bigger this or that, never stuff.
0: No.
4: Or the or the bro science.
2: Oh heck
0: no. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Nail through the stem. All that see bird, any, I'll give you big birds.
1: Any any of that extra nutrient stuff too. Like it's, it's one of those things that I've found that you can, you could walk into a, into a store and there's a thousand different things that they're going to try and sell you. They're there to make money. As long as you're keeping it, what, giving it what it needs. And that's, you know, you want, you, you want to boost your PKs in flour. You want to make sure you've got plenty of nitrogen and stuff like that in veg you be fine. You don't need to be adding bud candy and big bud this and all that shit. It doesn't, it's really not going to do anything. The only time that may do something is if everything else is perfect. So if you, if you focused on the basics, you should be getting that stuff without those extra added stuff anyway. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. If if you're going to buy some of that extra weird stuff like that, add one thing at a time and do and you grow and, and see if it actually does you any good, you know, one of those yeah. things. And then you can mm-hmm. actually assess whether it's worth it and you mm-hmm. want to keep with it or not. But, you know, if you start adding everything, something's going to go sideways on you.
1: Yeah. Because it's just extra added things that you got to chase down. If something exactly. goes wrong, and it's
2: like you said, you know, this might have a little nitrogen here and a little phosphorus there. And before you, before you know it, things are way out of whack. Yeah. So yeah. Go slow. And if you're gonna test new additives, now I'm not saying all additives are bad. I do use a couple myself, but mm-hmm. I've tested them slowly, and it's taken me years to, to decide these are the ones I want to use. And yeah. that's what you really need to do for a, for a good yield. Find what works well with your growth style.
1: Yeah. Bit by
2: a bit. Yeah.
0: Could you say something there, March?
4: Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> i I think maybe it was just to mackie's point or uh, monkey's point about adding everything back in because then you have to figure out if you don't if you add it all in together then you don't know and it causes problems then you don't know which one it is and then you're fucked so
2: Mm -hmm. kind of like baking huh
4: yeah pretty much
2: (laughs) don't want to change everything all at once make one change (laughs)
4: that actually applies to a lot of things in life honestly because you know yeah it really does
0: yeah, there's so many small things that need to be taken into consideration to get the maximum yield, you know, getting the peak. But definitely ways to get a better yield is by topping, training, scrugging if possible, you know, just trying to maximise your uh, your canopy space. And the yeah. better you can do that, then the, the more bud sites you're going to get and the more buds are going to grow, which is going to get you a better yield. But then you have to keep them buds happy as well, so... You know, water the plant properly, feed the plant properly, make sure you're getting plenty of potassium and phosphorus during the flowering stage. Hundred percent,
3: yeah. Those two points, you know, that's all you need. Keep keep the plant happy and maximize your canopy space, and you will get the most yield you can possibly get out of the, mm-hmm. the
2: genetic you're growing. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, man. Easy. That's it.
0: Along with genetics, that's well, another big one. And you had
2: yeah. uh, in your notes as well, good lighting. We haven't really talked a lot about yeah. that yet, yeah. but you know, that's always not yeah. always, let's say, but it's frequently a problem that new growers have is that, hey, I did it. I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody because I did the same thing. You buy a light, you think it's going to be good enough and you're going to get a deal on this light and then you buy it and you find out it's not the light you thought it was. Mm-hmm. So you sometimes do a little research. Find a really good quality grow light that's going to give you good quality light to your plants and enough of it, and mm. your yields will follow.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's, much much like you, I've, I've got a cupboard of shame.
2: <laughs> I, I think <laughs> it's every filled filled with bad
1: purchases. <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: I go get mine right now. They're just over there. About See, there you go.
2: Everybody's got a little, a little scrap pile somewhere. <laughs>
0: yeah, I've got yeah. a lot of old yeah. deer in the loft for sure.
3: I do. I think that falls within keeping the plant happy, but it's a really good point. I think it does not warrant mentioning on itself, uh, by itself, too, mm-hmm. you know, because the light is the most like it's the it's the limiting factor. You know, if you have perfect nutrients and perfect heat and everything, if you don't have a good light, mm-hmm. you're only going to be using 50% of all of those other things. So
0: I see. Yeah. you your plant is going to take that light and use all the nutrients and shit to turn itself into food to turn the light and water. What's that whole this the uh, the equation right? Where light plus water it breaks it down and releases oxygen. Right? A CO2. Light water it and oxygen. CO2. Yeah light water and CO2, that's right. And it make, makes uh sugars and starches and shit. And this is how and the plant works. Oxygen, yeah. 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 So you need that good light to make sure that the plant is ATP doing as much as it can. And it will guessing. use a certain amount of light every day. And mm-hmm. when, when it's had enough, it will start going into rest. And that's when the leaves get a bit droopy towards the end of the day. So make sure your plant's getting plenty of light. And the more you can give it, the, the better. It will tell you when it's had enough and then you can, you know, remove some if necessary, but make sure you've got plenty of light.
1: Keep- to, to that point, the correct light for the correct space is another big one mm. mm-hmm. no point trying no point trying to use a sf-1000 in a four by four because it's not going to give you what you're after mm-hmm.
2: only if you're planning on growing one moderate size plant under it yeah not light the entire uh, tent with it i'm
3: just envisioning <laughs> like, this like spotlight of this plant like on
1: stage yeah. <laughs> 90 watts of goodness pumping away exactly. They're
3: good lights but yeah definitely uh you know scale the light to the space
0: that's that's a big one i mean don't be trying to use a hlg scorpion in a 60 centimeter tent either it's, it's not going to work it's not going to fit <laughs> catch it'll catch fire in about 30 minutes you know,
2: so <laughs> yeah. you know i had a grow i ran 400 watts led in less than a half a square meter just to see what would happen and i got weed out of it wasted <laughs> a lot of energy but i got weed
3: yeah mm-hmm. yeah diminishing returns and ultimately you do you can fucking fuck up your plan with too much late too yeah
0: mm-hmm.
2: well that's it so keeping the plan happy throughout the whole growth later on if you're not careful
0: mm-hmm. i mean we well, the main points you can take away from this episode on how to get the better <laughs> yield is make sure you choose the right strain you know you choose a medium that you're used to because that's going to be an important factor is the experience you have with a particular medium but if you're not sure if, if you're new to growing and you want to pick a good medium that's going to get good yield quickly then uh deep water culture is going to smash it so do that with the airstones a lot of root space there and you can deliver a shitload of food to the plants all the time constantly they're very happy doing that That that's the biggest yields i've seen out of my tents dwc growing a scrug smash it just shitloads mm-hmm. of weed but that takes work. You know, it's not as if you just uh, plant the seeds and they grow. That takes a lot of work, daily work, man. A couple of times a day, visiting the grow and making sure everything's balanced properly. It's a lot of work. You do have to work hard for it.
2: I'm going to throw one last piece of advice out there. If you're not already a member at Percy's Grow Room, which is absolutely free, come over to Percy's, run a diary, and we will help you get a yield.
0: We will help you.
2: We actually answer questions over there. We don't mind answering questions. So, if you have questions about how to get a better yield, come run a diary, ask questions. We'll, we'll guide you along that
0: path. That's right, man. And because yeah. everything's different as well, it depends on your specific situation on how you could personally increase the yield of your grows. And it, it'll be different for you than it is for a, a, another member. You know, it just depends on your situation and what you're working with. So, you know, yeah. it, it's always better to come and ask for specific advice regarding your own personal situation because everybody's different.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and, uh, and i suppose hey. on, on that point when you come over and say hello and you say give us the give us as much information as you can without putting your foot in it if you know what i mean yep. like as much information as you are comfortable giving us um you know you don't we don't need your address we don't need your name we don't need any of that but whatever you're planning to do and what you want out of the grow let us all know and then there's going to be members there that have been mm-hmm. in a similar situation and they'll be able to sort of help point you in the right direction if, if one of us can't
0: Chilbert just brought up a good one there, man. CO2. Using CO2 in your grow room will increase the yield, but it has to be yes. used correctly. You know, you can't just be, oh. you stick CO2 in there and everything will be fucking suddenly growing. Oh, yeah. so you need <laughs> to have a, a pretty much a sealed room so the CO2 stays in there for a while. Using your extractors on your tents, it's going to be pulling the air out like two or three times a minute. All of the air is removed out of the grow room and replaced. So it's just going to keep sucking that CO2 out. A little bit will get to the plants, but... Not as much as you'd like. If it's a closed system, then that can work out, but then you gotta watch your humidity and temperature levels. So it, it's another it, thing to balance out. Uh, sorry, yeah. TG. I
3: was just gonna say, I don't know if you're gonna get to it. Maybe sorry if I cut you off. That's all good. You, you need to jack up your light. You need more light and more mm-hmm. Light mm-hmm. in order to effectively use CO2, too, too. So yeah. That can be yeah. difficult. And you know you don't want to be putting fucking heaters and shit around. I don't know. Do you think do you really think like CO2 bags, those canisters and shit. No, nah, they don't Big work, bro.
0: Are yeah. worth it? No, really. I, I don't think they're worth it. I don't, I don't ever recommend CO2 for a home grower, really. it's just. I
2: tried them early on and I don't use them anymore, so I guess I don't believe in them.
0: It's just an yeah. expensive well, setup for no reason. It's not going to make enough of a difference. get the
1: yield I need without them. Mm-hmm. I just you know even... when I... Find... Sorry, Bubble? I was going to say, well, I find they matter most in veg anyway. All right, okay. to be fair, that's, okay. that's when you're going to... Because it's kind of like a... You, the idea is that you make it like a, an ancient rainforest um, and, you know, it should be you're coming in and there's almost condensation on the walls sort of thing. That's the sort of humidity that you're working with, with CO2. Otherwise mm-hmm. it's not going to do what you want it to do. Yeah. Um, and then well, once you're coming into flower, if you're messing with that type of stuff, things go wrong quick. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you're, if you've got your humidity at that sort of level and, and you can't, you know, it's, it's gotta be perfect for CO2 to make a huge difference. Um, I mean, you may see some difference, mm-hmm. but I, I find when I've used it in the past and, and when I throw a mushroom bag or something like that in there, it's always veg. It's always veg where it benefits the most. Mm-hmm. And then I'm pulling it out in flour because I'm, I'm wanting to drop those, um, mm-hmm. drop the temps a little bit and drop the, um, rusty, the humidity along with it.
0: Rusty Nails here in the chat made up a good point. He said, uh, be in the garden, be the CO2, which is always mm. good advice. And if you also there's especially in the uk here people usually set up the grow in their bedroom if they haven't got a spare room so they usually <laughs> sleep throughout the night in the same room as their tent so mm-hmm. that's eight hours of co2 being produced in the room and going past the plant so that helps too so if you want to increase your yield you want to use co2 just sleep next to your tents <laughs> sleep <laughs> in your tent that's yeah it. sleep in the tent if you can handle the light being on and shit you know, know. <laughs>
2: just put the light <laughs> on the light that's the light fans type, and
0: then. shit yeah <laughs>
2: They're autoflowers. Turn them off and on when you
0: want. Some people like that kind of thing. (laughs) Each to their own. Really? Yeah, get your... uh, Sparky said, get your VPD and DLI right, and it will make a big difference with CO2. For sure. VPD, the vapor pressure deficit, how much the plant drinks and evaporates off itself. Mm -hmm. And the DLI is the daily light intake. So just... uh, yeah, it gets a bit complex, man. Just try and keep it simple. I mean, you can make these moves when you get more experience with the grow, and you, you you know start to slow down a bit. There's not much for you to do because the grow's running smoothly all the time. Then try, you know, these new things
3: here. In my opinion, CO2 supplementation is probably the last thing the home grower, the typical home grower, should be like looking into in terms mm-hmm. of increasing their yield if they've done everything else and and you know actually found that there has been an increase in yield because like numbers also speak you know a lot more than just like yeah i got better yield it smells way fucking better i mean do you remember what it smelled like last grow you really do you know Mm -hmm. there's i don't know i mean until i see like actual hard data with this kind of shit um and that's i was gonna ask like in a in a perfect environment with co2 supplementation how much can you expect how much more could you expect to yeah. see? Is it like a 50% increase know. or is it just Oof. like 1%? Cause like, is it worth all that extra effort? Yeah. Is, that,
0: that's like, how I look at it as well, well. Going through all that extra work and all the extra equipment and all that effort. You're going to get 10% more. And no, all more than could than it just your plants or fucking mm. fed them better or something. Yeah. Right. And then do you mm. really know it would have been different? You might've just got that extra 10% anyway, this time around, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? So, so yeah, I think,
1: but yeah, I, I think CO two is looked at in the wrong light. To be fair, um, I for me CO two is more about increasing the speed at which that plant then goes through veg, because you can you can speed it up and get a, a larger vegging plant in a shorter amount of time by boosting CO two. Okay.
2: But it's not so
1: much it's not so much about increasing your end yield as it is as about increasing the speed at which you get to that end yield. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. That makes. That's point. a good way to look at it. Yeah, so. But yes, unless everything else is perfect,
0: it's pointless. Yes, yeah, so you there's need... lots of different ways there which you can increase your yield. You know, the lighting is important, making the most out of your canopy space, keeping your plants very happy and choosing the right yield. Those are all very important factors when it comes to increasing the yield from your grow. But of course, if you need any help when you're trying to figure out different ways and how you could fix up your yield and get more out of it, just come and ask for help over at the forum. We're always happy to help. Just come yeah, along. It's it all free. For me. 100% free. Yep. And go watch that Jack Herra diary over on Percy's Room channel. That will show you how to get a beast. yield out of you grow, man. That's fucking, that was epic. That was, I enjoyed
1: that. What was the end yield on that? Do you remember?
0: Oh, it, it wasn't my, it wasn't my biggest one. It's about 24 ounces between 24 and 25. So it, it wasn't bad. How
1: many, how many plants is that for? Four.
0: It's not bad,
1: man. Yeah, I've done better. <laughs> I've done better, but yeah,
0: it, but it was a uh, it was a nice grow. It just all went so nice, so smooth, and it was fucking quality weed at the end. It was yeah. that Seedsman Jack Herra It was, and it was just fucking gorgeous. And it was a beautiful sight, man. You know, when it's just like just beautiful to look at. And be like, like do you find find <sighs>
1: find yourself doing other things instead of harvesting when you should because you don't want to cut it down because it yeah, looks too it's pretty, just fucking yeah. gorgeous, man.
0: <laughs> and you know, and the scrog, the 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 way the scrog was, it was just so. Uh, I don't want to sound like a cunt, but you know, it was so well grown. he was a real good fucking grown man. I did well on that one. you know, there's the grows yeah. which I've seen, which myself do, which I'm like. Shh. He did a fucking bit of a shit job there, mate.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. And, you know, and there's ones which you're seeing which like, fucking hell, man. You can actually do this really good when you put your mind to it. Yeah, but yeah. Some of
2: those that don't look the best, though. they yield really well.
0: Mm-hmm, I mean,
2: mm-hmm. they, so, like, well, I man, that's a 10 is a mess, but the yield knocks it out the park sometimes.
0: Yeah. yeah. But DWC has been, like, the craziest plants I've ever seen. The, like, the biggest yields I've ever seen have come from DWC. Uh, they've grown one plant in a 60-centimeter tent in DWC in 25 liter pot. And if my first grow, my first grow it was, it was a blue cheese. I think it was it was an exodus cheese or a blue cheese. It was a cheese, can't remember exactly which one. But it's like got six and a half ounces off it from a 60 centimeter tent, one plant just jam-packed this <laughs> fucking yeah. 60 centimeter tent man bursting yeah. the zips open you and know shit a little like 250 that. watt uh hps as well it was goddamn in a cooling <laughs> tube it was fucking crazy four inch extraction i had no idea what was going on We got six and a half ounce off that fuck i was like damn and then but it just broke a bigger tent now
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's it i've got too many tents now I know people say you can never have too many, but this is the reason why you're like, oh, I need a bigger tent. It was just too small that <laughs> one.
2: Yeah, you don't need a uh, another tent. You just need a bigger tent.
1: Yeah, the next minute I'll be mylaring the walls That's the right, room.
2: Exactly. <laughs> well, they didn't make one the size I
0: wanted. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. But yeah, man, just as long as you keep the plants happy, you're going to get a decent yield. And when you do push it for that extra bit, you're not going to get huge amounts different to what you're already doing if the plant's been happy for the For the whole grow, you know, you just get a little bit more. But it's have fun with it, you know. Have fun training the plants because training the plant is fun for me. It's fun. I like being hands on like that, and don't like to just let them grow. I want to be involved in the growing process as well, and that's why I enjoy scrugging because scrugging, you're involved every day at some point throughout the uh, the grow there during the early flower. Just there every day training the plant, tucking and training. It's good fun. I enjoy it so. Figure out what's good for you. you know, and that's that's the thing we would recommend the most on all of these things. Just figure out what's right for you, what works well for you, and do your thing, man. Experiment and, mm-hmm. It's the name of the game. It's a hobby, man. It's a hobby. You just get mm-hmm. a nice thing at the end of it.
2: That's so how I explain it to the missus. You know, why do you spend so much time back there? It's my hobby. I just mm-hmm. like yep. doing it. That's all I can explain. Yeah. I don't mind taking the time.
0: As long as you're growing, it's, a, it's more of a yield you'll be getting if you wasn't growing. You know what I'm saying? So, grow. How do you increase yield? Grow for one.
4: <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, make sure you're doing Be it better every grow. That's mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I think, I think out of it, you know, the basics and, um, and strain choice are really the biggest things. Mm-hmm. If you, if you, if you're really chasing yield, you know, like some of the, some of those, um, what do they call it? The exotic styles, they're not, they're not designed in themselves. They're not, they're not bred to be monster plants. So you're going, you're only going to get some smaller plants out of them. But if you're shooting for things like GSC, um, some of the bigger hazes and some northern lights and things, even northern lights can be touch and go depending on, on the genetics of it. But a lot of those are going to yield big plants. That's just they're known to yield big plants. So look for that sort of thing if that's what you're pushing.
0: Mm-hmm. And let us know how you do over at Percy's mm-hmm. We want to see it. But we do have some listener mail, just a couple of listener mail questions that we'll get to here before we wrap things up. We are uh, one from Filmy Bowles. He said, do you think you would be possible to grow outside in a small greenhouse in California during the winter time by turning on a grow light to make up last daylight?
2: Absolutely. It's worth yeah, it's sure. doable. Um, in Oregon, when I was there and went through their greenhouse, it was also a light deprivation uh, type greenhouse. And they did have just supplementary light. Now, the thing about the, the lights that you're adding, you don't have to have full illumination on those times after the sun goes down, just enough to prevent the plant from going in and you know, out of flower, kind of in and out of flower. You want to just control the, the light cycle. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you can do it definitely.
1: You just have cold cold it getting in Cali down there in winter
2: well you didn't he didn't say anything about the heat so i mean uh situation yeah you usually supplement a little bit of heat but yeah other than that yeah it's doable by all means your neighbors may have a little bit of complaints because you, you know that light's going to be on a few hours after dark but nothing wrong with that
1: no different to someone leaving a spotlight on in their backyard
2: true as long yeah. as it's not on all night where it's bothering somebody but, yeah yeah because it doesn't have to be full illumination though you don't have to have, be blasting that plant with 700 par You can have just enough to prevent it from flipping the flower when you still want it in veg.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. But that's pretty fucking sweet. That's growing in the winter in your back garden and shit with the light in the greenhouse. That'd be a nice way to do things.
2: Yep.
0: It's definitely better than having it indoors for eighteen six. You know what I'm saying? A lot cheaper. Yes. So, anything else to add to that? Marge, you got anything to say? You outdoor grow? Would you do this up in Canada? Suppose it's too cold for you, right?
4: yeah no no i wouldn't yeah we have a season and it's short and there's no greenhouse i don't think that's gonna make it in the winter
3: actually marge you know yeah. that northern lights haze uh, cart your token on there yeah so those guys in northern saskatchewan uh actually have light deprivation greenhouse or uh, light deprivation of some sort and they grow outdoors and uh that, that's how they grow in fucking northern saskatchewan really yeah but well, uh, i'm not about to
4: do that <laughs> you
3: know, in terms of keeping stuff into veg though yeah I have, i've watched documentaries where they've done that on the mountainsides in columbia had yeah a bunch of around and yeah kept everything in veg until they just turned them off and then it flowered so hmm.
4: yeah, yeah that's pretty wild because northern saskatchewan in the wintertime would be pretty fucking cold
0: hmm well, it's not I even mean, fully winter yet, and TG's telling us about minus twenty. Yeah, shit. The yeah. they just force flower earlier, though, right? So yeah, can, and can finish. That's the whole. Mindset. So they go, Phil. You can do it. So do it yeah. and send us pictures over on Percy's because we want to see it too. Yeah, that'd yeah. be nice. We but have a. Say, sorry. he's
2: also saying that he has house lights on throughout his backyard that may cause a problem in, in your flowering stage if it's not dark enough back there it may not flip mm-hmm. Depending
0: on the intensity it's a good reason there, to so. grow your autos then yeah the autos will work just fine mhm so do the autos then you can smash it with as much light as you can till the end yeah don't have to worry about that shit then
1: Within reason. Within reason. I, thought <laughs> I have a
2: lot of problems with the cold greenhouse. Um, I've grown in wintertime in a greenhouse where I am. And if I can do it, he could definitely handle it too.
0: Yeah, you're going to be way more humid, aren't you?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just a situation that with the greenhouse. I mean, I was able to do a small greenhouse. I think the one at the time that I had was maybe about eight foot by 10 foot. And it, it we were able to keep it heated with a 500 watt uh ceramic heater that didn't have to run all the time or anything like that just cycled as as needed so yeah it's not that i mean a little bit of heat goes a long way in, in a properly built
0: greenhouse sweet so then we have a question from firetop here what's the best way to maximize the use of outdoor compost or compost on an indoor grow other than compost tea I'm worried about bringing unwanted mini-beasts inside and have an amazing amount of composted soil that I would like to use if possible. Any suggestions will be appreciated. A properly cooked compost shouldn't have too many mini-beasts in it, right? Mm. TG, this is your kind of criteria. This is your your field of expertise. I mean, depending on where it's stored and how it's stored
3: outside, If it's, I mean, I assume you're making it outside, yeah. Um, The way I do it is mine's in an an open environment so it's open to whatever the fuck wants to go live in it and then i just put it in drums barrels plastic barrels after and it lives in there so a lot of the time when i come in um if i'm using stuff i'll get ants sometimes in my pots and i'll be like where the fuck why these ants crawling on my plants yeah that rhymes (laughs) it's good it's (laughs) good yeah but it's like for the most part i've never really had an issue with bringing in like a bunch of thrips or some shit like that, or really bad stuff. Um, the best way to use it, like um, compost tea honestly, is probably the best to avoid all of that because you get you know the benefits of compost minus the aeration and the the, the material kind of uh, characteristics uh, that it has and and what it does with those in the soil. But you get all the benefits of the microbes and stuff if that's what you're after with compost tea. For myself, um, like I don't know if it's the best way to use it, but it's the way I use it is when I'm making my pots of soil, I usually will, depending on how big the pot is, I'll fill the pot about, you know, four or three, sorry, half, fuck's sakes, <laughs> half full ish. And then I'll I'll take about a, a fistful of, of my compost just like right out of my pail, chuck it in my my uh, soil and kind of mix it around a bit, and then Later on, uh, about maybe two, three weeks into flower, I usually top dress my my pots with some compost mixed with super soil, like a one, one-to-one ratio kind of thing. Um, and I, I don't know, I've had really good results with that, mm-hmm. using good quality compost, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, it would again, it depends probably what's in it and how you're storing it. And if it's like, you know, full of shit, it's probably hard to get that shit out, even if you do use compost tea and stuff. so
0: yeah, Yeah. I I would say that's the best way to use it, other than compost tea, which he says here in the the question, is you mix them with your soil when you first put your pots together. It's a great way to get it mixed in there with the soil. And that's local microbes and shit then, which is the plants love that shit. So make sure you do that.
1: Mm.
0: And then just top dressing when the plant needs a little bit more food. Top dressing with that compost around it, water it in. Plants will be happy as fuck. But when it comes to the beasties, that's just something to be expected. Really, you're still gonna get a few bugs, but your plants should be healthy with a nice immune system. And because you've used local-made compost, they're gonna be more. uh, They're gonna be better at defending against local pathogens, and they have a good immune system.
3: You're if it's really good compost, you shouldn't really have like. I think you're maybe talking about like root-eating nematodes and fucking, mm. uh, you know, root aphids and, and just shit like, you know, bad stuff in the soil. Generally, like thrips, you're not going to have a bunch of thrip eggs in your compost, and then when you put them in your in your soil inside, they just like hatch and go all psycho or whatever. Mm. And same goes for like fungus gnats. Maybe yeah. you'll get a couple, but Again, compost is a pretty harsh environment for that kind of shit. Yeah, There's all kinds of shit. And it gets
0: out. hot as well. And it's supposed to get hot enough yeah. when it's being made. You know, when it's sitting there in the pile, in the middle of the pile there, it's going to get hot enough to kill off eggs and different pathogens like that. Yeah. So, it's only if as... they
3: come in afterwards, really, and if it's poorly stored. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've noticed rove beetles and stuff, like actual other beneficial insects that I never introduced myself have come in with them, which is great. You might get some springtails, which are not harmful at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, Springtails are great to have, too. Um, But, yeah, uh, I guess I would say just integrate a proper IPM, too. You know, you'd be using beneficial insects like mites and and, uh, nematodes for your soil, for the thrips and for fungus gnats and stuff like that. In addition to bringing compost in, because hopefully they'll cancel each other out if there's any bad stuff with with the defenses you're using.
0: Yeah, man. so there you go firetop i hope that answers your question man just use it it's good that you're making the compost as well so you know keep making it keep using it and it's just it's a lot better for the environment and which has been mentioned there in chat as well try and be more of a sustainable grower and using organic compost shit that you've made yourself from kitchen scraps is far better than using salt-based nutrients which have been imported from halfway across the world so do that if you can you know whatever's best for you man figure it's right for you and do it just do it do it now but that's all the questions we have and that's about everything we can say on uh the how to increase the yield of your grow i hope we've said useful shit here and you've all learned something and can apply some of these different things to your grow but of course we want to we want you to come and share your grow with us over on persisgrown.com come and sign up over there and start a diary as we've said many times, it's completely free. You no trolls. Up. Hey, yeah, no trolls. Yeah, apart no trolls. apart, apart from me, apart from me, I like well, your yeah, trolls sometimes. You got
2: to deal with with Mackie and Billy. You know how that yeah, goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs>
0: but everybody else is all right. <laughs> and there we go everybody that was this week's grow guide if you have any questions then of course you can find us over at persysgrowroom.com you can ask any questions you like over there and we're always happy to answer so make sure you come over and sign up if you haven't done that already and just to remind you there are four competitions going on over the next four weeks over on our youtube channel youtube.com slash high and homegrown get over there make sure you're involved in the competition all you have to do is comment in the chat box and you'll be added to the wheel of names it'll be spun and that will choose the winners for a $75 voucher and a $50 voucher two prizes to give away every week we hope to see you over there but for now enjoy your weekend and we'll catch you on Sunday for the live show and if you can't make it then of course there'll be the cannabis news on Monday have a good weekend everybody stay high stay safe we'll see you then goodbye